I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Now, if you're anything like me, you might poke your head into the comic shop looking for a specific book. But a lot of other books with their newfangled gimmicks and their horny demeanor might catch your eye. Not a soul watching you. Might as well add it to the pile. Why not? Before you can blink, you got a stack of comics, you're spilling everywhere, and everyone knows you aren't going to read them in one sitting. Well, they can keep their judgment and their skullduggery. Codswallop. I'm not leaving a single comic for these vultures. They can pick apart the next door. They probably don't even have bag and board their books. Any anyway, naturally, some of these comics start to pile up alongside movies, music, games, novels, anything really. That's when I like to slow down a bit, pull a comic off the pile, read it, and let you know if it was a good one in the to-read pile. Amazon affiliate links are below for everything uh, that we talk about today, as well as this show being on youtube.com slash nickphil if you want a little art with what we're talking about, because it's a visual medium. I, I just want to let you know in that entire intro, like from like the first sentence in my head, I was playing a uh, really slow, but like nice, like a uh, banjo, just like a lazy banjo, you know, uh, full disclosure. Apologies to Seth Myers. He has this bit called back in my day where he's where he like talks about things back in his day. And I, it kind of has a similar vibe to it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I still uh, from from the great uh, sketch comedy show, The State, I still remember. And I think this is like in my Bandcamp profile. Uh, but they they had this reoccurring bit where it'd be like Thomas Lennon was like whistling and he just kind of show up into see into a scene and he'd be like, call me old fashioned. And then he'd say something ridiculous and he'd be like, yeah. and the one I remember is like, call me old fashioned, but I believe there's only one God and he lives behind me in this lake and then whistling away. <laughs> uh, Jason. Nick. What are you pulling off the two read pile? Time under tension by M S Harkness. This was a part of the pile of books I got in the, Fanographics uh, Black Friday sale. Uh, nice, this is a, nice. This is a memoir about uh, M.S. Harkness. She's graduating uh, art school in it. She's dabbling in sex work. She's trying to make her way as a cartoonist, um, dealing with a lot of past trauma. Uh, she's sort of dating, seeing, sleeping with uh, this MMA fighter. <laughs> You know, uh, it's, it's, it's really well done. It's really, um, reminds me a lot of some of like, like the great sort of warts and all, uh, sort of ethos of like the, at least as I remember it, the first, like they were calling it like the auto bio, uh, boom in the late nineties, early two thousands with like Chester oh, yeah. Brown and Joe Matt, uh, and even, and, and, uh, Julie Duche or Deuce, I, apologies. I never Ooh. learned how to. Actually, pronounce her name. Uh, references as like a lot of inspiration for her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My New York Diary is the shit. Anybody should check out my New. Fuck, I should go back and get my New York Diary. Um, and uh, but Time Under Tension is it. It's just a really wonderful book. It didn't really like, you know, it didn't really hit me like right away. You know, like after mm -hmm. I finished it, like it gave me some time to like to like think about it. But 
uh, I will say that like like something that that struck me while reading it and like that stayed with me is the insanely strong cartooning that that she has yeah. just yeah just just right off the bat and like and and the distinctive characters too and I love a distinctive character but you know I, I love it mechanically because it does make it easier just on the page to see who is who you know and mm-hmm. uh, and I and I also think it's it's a it's a really smart. It's a really smart move from any artist to kind of to give a character a motif, you know, because it's really mm-hmm. it's really hard to give like um, like people's faces are distinct. Like when you're in real life looking at a person's face. Sure. Yeah. You know, even if they kind of look like somebody else, you know, like, oh, these people look really similar to each other because they're related. And like, you Man, know, but I, it's, I was trying to draw. Uh, James Earl Jones the other day as I as I am often just sitting there doodling James Earl Jones yeah yeah he's uh, a muse he's a muse really difficult to communicate this is James Earl like he doesn't have like his voice is his presence yeah like him visually he just looks like anybody I I don't know it was very hard for me to capture I like I nailed Inspector Gadget I nailed the boys from Supernatural, like, no problem, no problem. Sam and Dean Winchester, no problem. James Earl Jones, just a struggle, an absolute struggle. So I, yeah. I respect, I respect seeing some good cartooning. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it, and it's and it's super. I, I think it's pretty hard to do, like, because you you can very easily when you want to make characters distinctive, just fall into caricature. You know, yeah, where it's just right. like so exaggerated and there is like some like exaggeration like here, like in, in the cartooning, but, um, you know, not, it, it's just done really well like that. And like, she just has this great grasp on like, there, there are these, it's mostly like, you know, a, a, a tight grid, you know, uh, about usually about like a nine panel grid sure. and then they'll Classic. just be these. Yeah. And then. Yeah, keeps the pace really well. Uh, but then like, just these wonderful breaks that like break out into these like double page spreads that are like somewhat confusing a little bit, but that actually that also adds to the effect because there is this like running uh, under, there's this undercurrent of, you know, as the title suggests, like tension, but like an anxiety about like life and like making that next sure. step and like, trying to get help and you know it not working and just yeah you know all, yeah. all the things that can just like cycle and cycle and cycle in your head uh and and she does such a great job at um at at expressing that you know and yeah. and there's also I, some really so, good gags in the book too it's just it's really funny it's really i uh i listened to a little bit in doing a little bit of research on this book so I could ask you some questions about it or just chime in. Cause I need to hear myself talk all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I found an interview that she did where she like pulled one of those pages out from this particular book. And she was like, uh, you know, I sent this in to Fantagraphics, and I was like, is this legible? Like, should I redo this? Like what? I don't know what to do. And then, they were like, eh, if a couple normies walk into your book and don't know how to deal with it, like, that's fine. Like, most seasoned Fantagraphics readers are going to be totally cool with this. Like, yeah. you'll be fine. 
Yeah, don't yeah, don't worry. Most of uh most of the people that read our books are a bunch of weird little freaks, so like they're going to like it. <laughs> don't you don't you don't you worry about that, which is, you know, true. It's very yeah, true. I, they understand their audience, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and she does like and it, and it's amazing. Yeah, you had like mentioned that to me. It's amazing to me that she didn't she didn't come from comic books. She didn't really like Oh, yeah. Like grow in the comic books. Yeah. She's, and her She's talking about how she's like never read any comic books really like she went to art school she liked comics she took some like classes and then just started making comics and then got influenced by like chester brown and and, uh autobio comics that we mentioned before basically afterwards after she had started like she'd already started and then started reading these kind of like indie books but like she doesn't have like a batman background like she she didn't like jump into like wonder woman when she was a kid you know yeah yeah and she draws action really well there's a great uh mma fight like in here like fight scene and like i think as like as like someone who's i'm not like the biggest like fight fan but like you know i'll i'll, I'll tune in sure. you know uh here and there and and sometimes maybe watch some clips of like fights that i really like <laughs> yeah on, on youtube but uh she she just did such a great job of capturing it, you know, like, like she actually like there, there's a great sort of, um, it, it just seems that she has this wonderful understanding of, uh, of, of how to put her idea onto the, onto the page. And that it can be really yeah. hard. Like I, I think I've always thought that that was one of the, and I know it's a huge problem for me when I try to like, actually like, you know, even just thumbnail something as, as like a comic, it's like, that's the most grueling part is, is especially something action heavy of like how to really like how to sell it in, you know, in the best way, you know, yeah. how, how, how yeah. to, uh, on this flat 2d plane where there's no like motion, like how to sell motion. And she just right. does, does a phenomenal job. And, and and again, I'm very I'm very interested in picking up this book and checking out that fight scene because a lot of times when uh, and I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. A couple of people have said this to me before, where like if somebody tries something for the first time, um, they approach it with fresh eyes. You know, like if you pluck a Batman drawing down for me to color, like. I know what it's going to look like by the, before I even start, I know, I know where I'm ending, you know? Yeah. So, but if you just give it to like any random person, like they're going to try to like figure it out as they go. And it's going to be like, sometimes when that happens, you end up with a lot of garbage, but occasionally you end up with like a big swing in a wild direction that is like, just this like precious like what like thing that you would never think of because my mind is trained on like you know hundreds of bat books and like working as a mainstream colorist like i i'm like i know how to color that and like to just come fresh with like a brand new takes is really interesting i i think i told you once about uh there's a japanese director who is directing a, a, a movie in the seventies that was a, a manga and it was about a werewolf cop and he uses his werewolf powers to like help his cop police procedural stuff. 
And uh, the director had no interest in the manga, never read any of it, and had never seen a werewolf movie. It was just like he just watched like dramas and stuff. And that's like kind of what he made. So he makes this werewolf movie having never seen a werewolf. And like that kind of shit's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And she does have this. uh, It's really. It's hard for anyone, much less someone so like so young to like, yeah, uh, sort of out of the gate, have this really strong vision of what they want, you know, this really strong intention that just like comes through, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's just like, again, it's just, it's just because it's a hard thing to do. Like, especially when you're a young artist, because usually it takes time of like, of making like certain like things. And like, you can even like, you can see someone's voice there. Like you watch like Scorsese's mean streets and like you can, and mean streets is great by the way. But like you can see oh, yeah. like all this Bottle stuff that Rocket will, like, has a little Wes Anderson in it. It's it's less Wes Anderson-y than like Asteroid City, but like, yeah, yeah, still a little bit of it in there. Yeah, exactly. And usually like they don't come right. Yeah, like that's a great example. Like Wes Anderson just co- didn't come right out the gate with like Royal Tenenbaums, you know, like there was yeah. like this like this th- these beginning points until he he really locked in, f- figured out like here's here's how I like to do this. And, and, and just, um, it, that, that just comes through and like, yeah, I mean, this is really, really good book. Really, really fun. Great gags. Great. Um, yeah, this is you know, her third autobio book too, right? I think so. Honest. Oh, I didn't, this is the first book I've, I've read by her just. Yeah. I think the, I don't think the first two, the first two might've been self-published or under a different publisher. This is the first one through Fanographics. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just really, you know, and, and to be fair too, like this doesn't like, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm talking about it because it's like a review, but like, it's, it's not like this stuff, like just came right out of her, like, because she does have like, you know, there are scenes in the book where she travels to Pittsburgh for a, a comic book workshop and like these. Yeah great scenes where she's just standing in front of a wall that she tacked up all her pages on and she's just like staring at them, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. like the, the, the work of like, I'm sure there are like bunches of pages that just will never see because like yeah, she yeah. made we're them not, look. We're not saying it's effortless. Oh yeah. No, no, not at all. But like the, the artistic vision of it is just solid, you know? And I think yeah. that helps like a lot, you know, to, to understand Absolutely. sort of what you're trying to, what you're trying to get at. Like, even if you can't quite get there, but if you're, if you have a clear understanding of that, like that's, you know, a, a, a good portion of almost, it's almost better work. than just like being a perfect draftsman is having an artistic vision. Cause like I, I, there's a lot of perfect draftsmen in comics that I just don't, excite me that much you know like aren't really that interesting to me and then there's a lot of uh people like like i would say like um ducks was probably my favorite thing i read last year and you know kate is like a great cartoonist but she's not like as far as like quote-unquote craft goes she's not like the you know like she's not drawing perfect perspective all over the place or anything like that but she has like 
an extremely clear vision that comes across and entertains. You feel it in there. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it was really like in, in, in the more mainstream sense, it, that was always the argument between like, uh, people who love Neil Adams and people who love Jack Kirby, you know, because sure. like, yeah. And, and not, and not that, and Hey, there, there's both. Like I love both. Like Neil Adams is a fucking legend as well, but like people, there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, well, Jack Kirby doesn't know how to draw. doesn't know. How. It's like, no, 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 he oh does. Oh my God. Who said that, Jason? <laughs> who said that? You give me in a fucking address. <laughs> but, but what it, it's, yeah, it's just one way, one other way of doing it. Oh man. Now you're, I know I've mentioned it before, but now you're reminding me of the great uh, art versus craft debate in oh the uh, comics journal uh, letters uh, <laughs> section back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, man, those were great. Th- those are so cool. It's like James Golchaka versus like, I think Jim Woodring, maybe a couple other people would chime in, too. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. This is some proto Twitter shit. Oh, it was great. Well, you know, surprisingly, people weren't like that dickish, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Twitter well, hasn't hadn't come along yet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was only it was only slightly toxic. Yeah, you know, right. Not just exactly. Like, not just had, full blown. Yeah. We, oh man, the discourse, Jason. The yeah. discourse. Yeah. Oof. Oof. What 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 are you reading, Nick? Oh, I read, uh, I talked about it a little bit on the bat pod, but, uh, or I mentioned it, but I read some chainsaw man. It's still very good. Uh, there's a, uh, one particular shot of a giant bat demon who's like eating a person. And I swear to God, I, I don't think it, I'm pretty sure I can't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure that's a nod to, um, Francesco Goya's, uh, Saturn devour, or, was it Saturn devouring his son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's eating Kronos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a nod to that, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it delighted me. And <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely great. I'm not going to get into the story stuff because it's like I'm reading um, volume 12 and 13 and it's like way deep in the series at this point. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> anything, but it's still really great. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring was Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise by Trad Moore. Colors by Heather Moore. Letters by Clayton Cowles with Trad Moore. Now, this book is a lot of hot nonsense, but you're not, you're not there to get like a constructive, you know, like story about Doctor Strange and he learns a lesson in the end and blah, 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 blah. You're not there for that. You're there for the vibes, Jason. Trad, like basically built this thing so that he could draw anything he fucking wanted. And like, I am here for it, man. Like it is so visually rich and it's like, it's oversized. It's almost 11 by 17. It's only four issues long, so it's not that long, but uh, yeah, it's oversized. The format is perfect. It's like beautiful, rich colors. Often I don't know what's happening, but I'm like invested in like what, is going to happen when I turn like it's I don't read a whole lot of mainstream books where I feel like every page turn. I don't know what's going to happen on the next page. Nice. And this was one of those. So nice. yeah, hard recommendation for uh, uh, yeah. Dr. Strange fall sunrise. Yeah. The art, the art reminds me of um, 
it reminds me a lot of like like crazy like prog rock but oh yeah it it, it also made me think of uh, a while back um uh, maybe a couple of years back i don't know i i time is weird for me these days but uh i i went to see a show and i, I mostly went just to see two bands um I ended up missing the first one, Rest in Peace, Torch. It was their last tour. I didn't get to see them. But uh, I wanted to see this band, Torch, and then uh, Converge, because they were opening for this band, Meshuga. And, like, I sort of know Meshuga a little bit, and they're kind of, like, not exactly death metal, you know? But, uh, you know, I, I liked them enough, and they were headlining. And sure. holy shit, I got, my, I got my face melted off, because it's just yeah. It's yeah. loud, complicated they had this insane stage show it was like a real life like death clock you know like it was just this like hell yeah like so over the top like punishing and just like amazing and you know just sensory overload you know like there yeah, were a few that, times i like giggled what, a little bit like yeah like, that is what shit. this doctor strange like this doctor strange book treadmore uses a lot of pattern in it and a lot of um similar shape language among the uh, characters and stuff that it like kind of starts to like it's it starts to feel like you're looking at a herd of zebras almost yeah yeah and, and it like it feels like if you were to look away from the book it might move around a little you know yeah 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 like there, there's this um i'm forgetting her name right now and i keep on meaning to maybe buy the album but there there's this musician who uh, is described as like she does this this sort of like power pop but like it's also described as uh maximalism because it's yeah. just like it there's synth in there there's complicated bass lines there's complicated guitars it's just like everything all at <laughs> once it's just like it's just all just pushing all the chips in the middle of the table every single time for the yeah, whole yeah, song yeah. just like hell yeah hell just yeah. like out there and like that stuff is great you know, like, cause it, yeah. it, you just, you just see someone going for it. Yeah. This, this trad Moore book, I'm probably going to, uh, have and pick up and, and flip through quite a bit over the next, uh, however many years, because I just feel like it's, it's a good way to just like bend your brain a little bit differently before yeah. you like start drawing or start thinking about a project or like, you know, whatever, like start whenever you feel like um, I feel like I'm reading the same comics over and over and over again. Like this book will like break your brain open and live in it for a little while in a way that like a lot of regular mainstream books do not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, like a, I, I love that about like a Jeff Darrow and yeah, yeah. Like, similar, similar. And, and also like that. And that's also what I love about, uh, and I know I mentioned them a bunch of times, but like kill six billion demons, you yep. know, cause it's, yep. it's just, there's just craziness of like either costume or crowd scenes or just the right, action right. or just, just, you never just going point, for it. Even, even in shots that trad is drawing of just like Dr. Strange standing there talking to someone is like, the weirdest fucking drawings. It's so good, dude. It's so good. There's so much expression in this book. It is overflowing with expression. Yeah, that's awesome. Why not, man? Why not? Yeah. Just like, hell yeah. Fucking go for it, you know? So, 
Are we going to start? We're going to introduce some pledges. We're going to talk about oh. pledges. Oh, yes. So yes. Uh, I, I stole this bit from a, uh, a video game uh, YouTuber that I watch, uh, My Life in Gaming. They do a lot of deep dives into like technical stuff about like how to get the best picture out of your like N64 and stuff like that. Like a lot of that kind of like screen resolutions, things like that. Very technical stuff. Very much my shit. Um, they do this thing at the end of the year where they talk about all the games they played and then they talk about their pledges and did they get around to, they pick like 10 games. I think did they get around to playing them? What are they adding to their pledges for next year? So I figured it'd be kind of a neat thing to like pledge to read some books here on the podcast and see if we, by the end of the year, see how we do. So do you want to, do you want to hit me with some pledges? I have a pretty ambitious, pretty ambitious pledge pile. But my first pledge is uh, Anders Nielsen's big questions, which I'm a big fan of, but I've never actually read the entire thing. Uh, I used to pick it up in issue form when it was first coming out way back. Um, And it's just this really strange uh, philosophical uh, book that centers around uh, mostly birds who uh, kind of wax existential about things. Uh, There's is it is it a comic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's rarely panels, you know, Uh, but it is it is heavy. It's about it's it's a bit over. That's yeah, a bit over a thousand pages. Um, and I I've, think I've ha- long books is going to be a, uh, a commonality through all these pledges because it's difficult for the to read pile, even though we do this every other week, like to read something very long. Like I know uh, you're, I don't, did you get through Starman? Yes. Yes, I did yeah. actually. So that's what, like 72 issues or something like that. It's like a, it's, it's a pile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have two phone book size of the, right. the omnibus of, uh, of Starman. Right. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still picking away at like Sandman mystery theater. Cause it's like, these are dense reads and it's, this is 36 issues. And I'm like, I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, really hard to like sit down and be like. Yeah, that'd be like the equivalent of like, so I watched, um, so what what am I bringing to the two read this week? Well, I watched half of Akira Kurosawa's filmography and let me talk about it for 10 minutes. Right, exactly, it, you know, exactly. It's, like, eh, it's not like feasible yeah. and yeah. Uh, with that in mind, my first pledge is Akira by... I'm going to butcher his first name. Katashima? Katashima Otomo? Yeah, yeah, that's... I know, I always stumble on his first name, too. The last name is definitely a lot easier to figure out. Yeah, the last name is a lot easier. So I bought the box set last year, and it's just been... It's gigantic, and it's been sitting on my shelf, and I see it every day, and I'm like, someday, someday, someday... And I'm like, you know what? No, it's going to be a pledge. I'm going to read it this year. The problem is it's like six thick hardcovers, five or six. And I'm like, it is a it is a mountain and it is a dense read. It's yeah. like he draws the fuck out of this book. So, oh, yeah. Did, did you I'm ever very excited? Did you ever hear the story about um, 
when he was drawing the like the, it was one of the first pages where where Neo Tokyo blows up. You know, yeah. it's a huge like the huge like dome like explosion. And sure. there there are all these tiny little figures. There are like all these people like around it. And he was like at his drawing table, like drawing it. And like an editor or someone like came up to him and saw him do that. And they're like, oh, well, you don't have to draw everyone. Like maybe we can get an assistant to do it. Or maybe we'll just like copy and paste it or whatever. You don't have to take sure. all that time. And he he said something. He replied something like, well, no, I'm, I have to show respect to all of these people who are like losing their lives. Like it was like really important to him <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, he, that he himself he's, drew he's that. He's living in that narrative. The editor is not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, dude, Akira is, I, I bought those. I used to have a few of the scattered um, epic issues when yeah, Marvel right. still had their epic imprint. Um, but when they first started reprinting the, the volumes, uh, is, right, the like phone book sized. Yeah. Floppies, right. Yeah. Yeah. I bought those as they came out. So Soft like I cover. would, yeah, yeah. So I would buy one, read it. And then when I knew the next one was coming out or like, I would buy the next one, but then I would read the one previous, you know, <laughs> um, and then after that, like I would read this, I read the, I've read the whole series a few times. Like I want to say at least three or four times. And then like, oh, you know, man, like you, I'm excited to read it for the first time and, and yeah. bring it to the two read then. Well, and, and then like you said, with like Trad Moore, how you like, you think like that, that Dr. Strange book will be something you'll just like kind of go back to, to flip through. Like that's what I had started doing with Akira a lot too. I would just like, yeah, see it on my shelf and be like, look at it and be like, oh yeah, volume three has that like, you know just whatever kinda, scene yeah 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 oh man yeah akira is apparently the box set i think cuz i'm off the cuff here i didn't do any research on this but i think <laughs> that the box set is the first time that akira has appeared in english and is read from uh back to front like manga oh, yeah. is yeah yeah so uh i'm i'm really excited to to dive into it seeing as it, they've made it as authentic as possible yeah yeah totally Totally. Oh, you got another, you got another pledge. Oh yeah. I have, uh, geez, I have a few, but I'm not sure which ones I've, I've, I sent you a picture before. I have a pretty ambitious. Yeah. I saw a pile and I was like, Ooh boy. (laughs) Yeah. I have a a pretty ambitious pledge pile. So you know what? I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to go through it. Um, yeah, we can, we can go through these a little quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the first one, which I've, I've, I've had for a while, I've never read any of, uh, the Russian, uh, masters. And so, uh, another book that's going on the pledge pile, though, is the brothers Karamazov, um, oh. just sort of, it's just one of those, one of those books that like, I don't know, you should at least, I think at least like attempt to read, you know, some of those sure. like canon books, like you don't, you know, fucking read what you want, like read what brings you joy, but like, you know, sure. maybe check out some of these. So it's uh, like, uh, uh, those lists that float around that are like the thousand albums you got to listen to before you die to like understand music, you know, like yeah, stuff like yeah, that. It's yeah. like one of those kinds of books. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it's, it's hung around for <laughs> as long as it's been right, out right, as right. like, you know, so, uh, bro- let brothers, me, let me hit you, uh, let me hit mm. you with a pledge real quick. Yeah. 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 Well, Back and Berlin forth. by Jason Lutz. Yeah. Uh, I know that this was in uh, smaller books, but he finished it and then he put it all together in one big volume. And I remember flipping through this 
many times over the years, but never picking it up. And uh, I saw it in some sale or something and ended up buying it. Or I thought that maybe it would be good for my nephew who's into history. I was like, oh. maybe he'll enjoy this. Uh, and then I was like, I got to read it first before I give it to him. So I know it's like good for him, you know, at, at his age. Yeah. And then it sat on my shelf. So I'm, I know that like the level of craft and art in it is really, really great. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jason Lutz's mm, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Uh, another one that's I've, I've started, I've started and stopped before you can see okay. the bookmark there. Uh, but I actually picked this book up in uh, my local coffee shop that I love, uh, Washington Street Coffee House in New London, Connecticut. Um, they have this uh, great uh, free bin, just this box yeah. that's like set up at the entrance that you can, you know, throw most things into. And a lot of times like books will love end up that. in there. Uh, my most one of my most prized possessions I actually found in there is a, uh, a, a frat uh, paddle with like holes in it. <laughs> Like that's custom made. That's from like 1937 and it has, Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's I, I, I immediately took it. It's amazing. I love it. But sometimes you find books in there and they're not always interesting, but I saw this one uh, called design as art by Bruno uh, Munari. And he is apparently a super influential designer, like graphic designer. Uh, is this and the, a book book or is this a graphic design like showcase? Like, what is this? It's a it's a book book, but it's a lot about um, from the first from the chapters that I've read and reread a couple of times, the first chapters to try to get back into it. He talks a lot about uh, iconography, you know, and mm -hmm. about these like sculptures that he had started to make, which were just these sort of simple um shit what were they called the, like the thing you hang over a baby's crib a mobile yeah and so he he really gets into just talking about like the simplicity of of, of shape you know and it seems huh. to be it seems to be like a really foundational sort of um idea of of design like philosophy of like here's what design is you know at, at a really like you yeah. know like granular level you know, and Man, I, I love that I, kind of shit. I kind of laughed because like, you're like, I'm going to read the brothers Karamazov. I'm going to read this, this book on like the grand design of shapes. And I'm over here. Like <laughs> I'm going to check out Tom strong by Alan Moore and various. <laughs> well, well, Tom strong's great. Yeah. That's the thing. Tom strong's great. I haven't read it since I was a kid and, uh, a, a compendium came out all like 36 issues of it. And I, I figured we're reading Batman adventures. So I'm kind of getting into like the Batman, like adventure book hype. Yeah. And so I know that Tom strong has like deep roots and kind of adventure stories. I also know that DC keeps struggling to bring Tom strong into the mainline DC stuff. Like every time <laughs> they try it, it doesn't really work that well. So I'm just kind of interested in reading some Tom strong just to, just to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like the, see mo most of these other books that, that I, that I picked other than like the brothers Karamazov, I think is my sort of, I'm, I'm trying to give myself kind of the education that I should have given myself like 20 years ago and like maybe sure. going to, 
not necessarily art school, but to a school maybe for art, because like I'm, I'm always endlessly fascinated, especially like when I, like when I ask you technical questions, like what a line of action actually is and sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, I just sort of, I, I missed on that stuff. And so that's why I like this, like, you know, like design is art book is yeah. like that kind of stuff, but it's just, it uh, clearly it's, it's my pledge. Cause it's sat on my shelf for a while. Yeah. Right. And, and right. that, and that brings up the, uh, another book that I've, that's a bit more of a, uh, instructional book, but it's called a uh, interaction of color by, uh, uh, Joseph, uh, Albers who, um, oh. he, he taught at Yale for like a long time. And this book yeah. is considered to be a, like, if you want to know, if you want to be an artist and know about color, then yeah. like, this is like a foundational, like, like read this book and. Oh yeah. From, a lot of color theory in there. I know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And a lot of it too, that's really cool. And he mentions it in the introduction, which is about as far as I've gotten is that like a lot of the instruction is he's just like, get construction paper. He's like, get different colored construction paper because he's like, don't get confused about, he's like, cause color can be weird, you know? Color can be weird. So he's like, make sure like that way, if you have a red sheet of paper, you it's, it's red, it's a solid object. Um, I, I assume he's going to, in the instruction manual, I haven't read this particular book, but, Hmm. um, I took a color theory class and we did a lot of stuff where we would we got like a pad of, of this uh, very nice paper that was all different colors and they were specific colors and it was really expensive because the dyes had to be made just so, and you know, that kind of thing. You can't just, you can't just like use construction paper kind of stuff. And so we, we would have like, you know, 40 shades of red. And then um, what we would do for, for color theory is we'd put like, there's like a parent and child color of like a parent being like, it would surround the child color. It would be bigger than the child color. And we, we'd take two swatches. So you'd have a parent and child color and then you'd have a parent and child color next to them. And you would make them look identical, even though they were not identical. <laughs> in, when you see them in isolation, like you're like, Oh, this color is different than that color. But when you see them all together, they look like the same color because color affects other color around it. Fucking bonkers shit, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to, I, I, th- I think, I think it gets into stuff like that. Like I said, I haven't yeah. really made it ever made it much far past. Like I, I remember just being at the drafting table and being like putting two colors down and being like, does this one work? No. Does this one work? No. Does this one work? No. And then before being like, I'd go through like, you know, 40 or 50 sheets before I was like, holy shit, I think this one works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's that that's how you, hey, that that's the time in the chair, you know. Yep, time in the <laughs> chair. We like, always talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh my other pledge is uh Astriel's Polyp by David Masakelli. I haven't read any Legend. David Masakelli uh non-mainstream work before. I haven't read Rubber Blanket. I wish I could. Somebody actually just left a, a comment about how on our previous to read pile about how they wish rubber blanket would get reprinted by someone because yeah. like the only way you can read it is either track down expensive singles on eBay or like pirate it, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Cause he, he self-published all, right. all, of, all of rubber blanket was yeah. Self-published and self-produced. I mean, Maz- David, Maz- Maz- Kelly if is- you're, 
if you're listening to this podcast and like, I know you are cause you text me nonstop about it. <laughs> but if you're listening to this podcast, please just, just reissue rubber blanket and a nice big hardcover. Like it'll sell man. Yeah. It'll sell to, to at least like a few people. You yeah, know, I'll buy it. I'll buy it and I'll put it on the shelf for 20 years and then I'll never read it until now when I talk about my pledges. So I want to read Astros polyp. Uh, I bought it from David Mazzucchelli. The year it came out, I bought it from him. He doodled to Nick and then drew the main character in it and signed it David Mazzucchelli. And I was like, neat. And then I put it on a shelf for like the last 10 fucking years, (laughs) like an idiot. So I'm going to read that. That's a that's a great book that has uh, a line I'll always remember because when the when the main character meets. Oh, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Okay. Okay. Killing me. So my, my last, do, do you have my, my last two? And again, this is, this is ambitious, but I've, I felt like being ambitious. Um, but my last two are, uh, this book by, uh, the wonderful author who I, I love a lot. He's a great short story writer. He's just a great writer in general. Uh, uh, George Saunders, uh, and George Saunders wrote this book called like the brief and terrible reign of Phil. It's a, a novella. <laughs> And uh, the brief and terrible reign of Phil uh, is uh, about a, a country that is so small that o- only one of their citizens can occupy it at any given time. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really funny. It's really surreal. But uh, anyway, George Saunders, a while back, uh, wrote this book called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain. And it's essentially for like the past 20 years or so, uh, he's been teaching uh uh, creative writing and literature at Syracuse. And he has this uh, graduate course where he's he's one of these people who's uh, so devoted to the Russian authors, like Russian masters. He just became like obsessed with them, you know, when mm-hmm. he was a young man. And uh, what he does in this graduate level course is that he, he'll pick out these uh, these pieces from these these stories that he thinks are just perfect or perfect ish, or maybe kind of, maybe kind of don't work in whatever way. And he'll sit with his students and and they read them and then they break it down. They just break down every single, yeah. like, why does this work? Does it not work? Like, here's what, you know, he was trying to do with this or that, or, you know, whatever it is, it just really gets into like what makes stories like, you know, you know, to just, right crack these great stories open and see how they work to see what you can, uh, draw from it, you know? And like, yeah. I, I, I bought it like right when it came out. Cause like, I love George Saunders. And I also had just got done reading a, this great book he wrote called Lincoln and the Bardo, which is mm-hmm. heart heartbreaking, but like gorgeous and, and beautiful. Um, but yeah, a swim in the pond in the rain. I've, I've been, you know, yeah, you really got me going with just like, this is just, again, this is stuff that I bought years ago that just right. went directly on the shelf. Right. You just need a little nudge to get going. And you know what? I know, I know how uh, Saunders feels about the Russian masters because uh, that's very similar to how I am about Gilmore girls. So <laughs> my next pick is Kaiju Max by Xander Cannon. This is, uh, I bought the first, uh, oversized, like deluxe edition of it. Um, knowing that this is a book that people have constantly recommended to me 
like over and over and over again. People that I like really trust as far as like taste in comics, I I know that they love Kaiju Max. And so this book is also um about Kaiju. It's about these giant monsters who are in a supermax prison run by prison guards who are basically like Ultraman. And it's such a wild concept. And I I really want to get into it. And I feel like I wasn't super into kaiju stuff for a while like it didn't really make sense it didn't click jason and then one christmas we were at shannon's parents place and they were playing christmas music and uh christmas movies just on repeat and like shannon's dad was getting sick of it and then uh some channel i think comet maybe was running a Godzilla marathon for Christmas. Hell yeah. And so like anytime Shannon's mom left the room, he'd flip it over to Godzilla Christmas. And then, and then like when she would come back, she'd, <laughs> she'd flip it back to the Hallmark channel <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so I watched a lot of Godzilla, like over the course of that Christmas and seeing a man dressed in a rubber suit, just absolutely annihilate some model buildings is is a type of pleasure that I had not experienced before. And I was like, you know what? I get it now. I fucking get it. It's about craft and then it's about destroying the craft. Oh, yeah. And and so uh, I got into kaiju stuff. Um, I actually just watched uh, all of uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters that ties in the two Godzilla movies together. Huh. Uh, that uh, Fraction uh, wrote, I believe. I believe Fraction did. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, uh, enjoyed it. And so I will read some Kaiju Max by Xander Cannon. I'm hoping to read the whole thing. I got to track down the other two hardcovers. Uh, I think the third like just came out like six months ago or so. So I'm not that behind the curve, but hasn't been sitting for a while. But I know that because it's long. I'm going and like I have to buy a couple books to get the whole thing. I know that it's going to be like a thing that I have to be like, okay, go, go do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what is it? Is it a Cayman writer? Is that like a, a newer common writer? Common yeah. That's yeah. The, um, the, the guy who's a motorcycle rider and then he like transforms into like, um, uh, like cricket like creature it's like a armor that like kind of looks like a, a mantis that's what i'm looking for mantis okay yeah yeah okay because yeah. I, I i recently saw a clip of of i'm assuming it was from like the show or movie but it's mm-hmm. him in his suit and he's like yeah. washing clothes on a washboard yeah. and then like yeah. and then kind of looks o- looks up stops and looks up and looks over and there's just like a washing machine like over on a pallet that that show i haven't watched a lot i haven't watched any of that show i'm not even gonna front but i downloaded um uh shin ultraman i got i got shin ultraman and i got shin uh common rider to like because i watched shin godzilla and i was like this is fucking bonkers i love this have you watched have you seen shin godzilla no i still haven't i still haven't such a perfect movie Anyway, these are like reimaginings of these classic characters that have been around for a while. Shin Kamen Rider has been around since like the late 60s, I believe. Um, so I, I downloaded those as or I got those as a kind of like 
jumping on point for me, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I, I like I said, I was picking at Monarch Legacy of Monsters before yeah. I could get to this stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do want to I do want to watch them. Yeah, you're you're also reminding me of um I don't know if they're still around, but there there used to be uh, a a wrestling um promotion called Kaiju Big Battle where yeah. it was it was people dressed up as like giant kaiju and the ring was like a fake city and oh, they stomp around and like fly off of top ropes and stuff and like that rules yeah That's yeah so good yeah kaiju big battle always seemed like a lot of fun but like i just didn't like you know never never really got into it hit me with uh, your last pledge my, my my last my last pledge is a little weird because it's not it's not the kind of book that you can go back to front for but i i really want sure. to at least start uh referencing it and using it more because again this is just kind of this is really just an attempt to like get myself to not only draw more but i've always kind of just wanted to have at least a bit more solid understanding you know yeah of of art and it's just uh it's how to draw uh drawings and drawing and sketching objects and environments from your imagination this is by uh scott robertson and thomas burling burling yeah can you hold I've, that hold that up yeah yeah I, uh, I think I have that book. Yeah, I think you do. I think I saw it. Yeah, I think I saw it on your shelf once and I've gone through it a few times and like, you know, much like any, uh, instructional, uh, art book, you don't, you don't have to read it like back to front. You can just look in the index if you kind of want to get some pointers or learn about. It it almost behooves you to like take a chapter at a time and do some drawing and like think about it and then like go back for the next chapter. I, if I remember right, that book has some extremely advanced perspective stuff where like, yeah, they will, they will draw like a box in correct two point perspective and then they'll show you how to rotate that box and then how like what makes the, the vanishing points change and how they change and mathematically break it down some really like sicko level shit for like (laughs) artists and craft yeah i um so i love that book i will say this i don't know how much of it is like useful for comics Mm. because a lot of the times and this is maybe this is just just me but like we'd get into like advanced um anatomy for uh uh you know, when I was at SCAD. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff, I feel, I felt like hurt me more than helped me because it was like, I was trying to cartoon and then they were like, here's every single muscle group. And I get it. They're a school. They should teach me that. Absolutely. hundred percent. And like some kids are going to need it more than, more than I do. Um, but like, after I knew every muscle group, I was just like absolutely crippled as far as like, how do I put together this human body? Whereas before I'd just be like, whatever, here's an arm. I don't know. Who cares? You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to, I have to imagine that like some, yeah, you can get like too technical and like get lost in it, you know, like, right. Um, it, it depends. It depends what the end goal is. Like what, what is that? If the end drawing is a photorealistic cityscape in which the streets are not on a grid pattern, then absolutely you need the information that's in that book. 
yeah. if you're just trying to draw like Johnny Storm making a joke as he walks down the street to the thing, then like, I don't think you need that book. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to do like a really cool, like, you know, sci-fi illustrations and stuff like that, then like, right, right. You know, or like concept yeah. art or whatever, like then like, yeah, this book is like, seems like, like perfect for it. Yeah, there are, from, from what I've picked at in this, you know, and I've gone back and forth like through it is like, it does seem a lot of like, you know, someone who wants to design a video game, someone who wants to, sure, y- yeah. you know, yeah. Like that kind more of, on concept design than necessarily cartooning. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what really like, but there is, there is great stuff in there. 100%. Oh yeah. 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 I, I just, like I said, a lot of uh, like the, this book, the uh, design is art and the uh, interaction of color book. Like those to me are just like, you know, my, my 10, my, my 10 cent, like education like i just like like the sure. like the yeah the yeah. fund the fundamentals of things like i just i don't know i just always really like dig it right it's like i always love like asking like uh like my dad was a carpenter well i mean you know he was a machinist as a trade but like he grew up with his dad doing carpentry and like bricklaying and tile laying and all that and so like yeah you know he was always doing woodworking stuff uh when i was growing up and I just always loved asking like, oh, what kind of like, you know, what kind of joint is that? Why would you use that like this? Why would you use, you, you sure. know? Yeah. I yeah. Just, and I just, I, I don't know. I just always love those really, really simple things. Like, why does someone make that decision? You, right. You, yeah. You, you, you know, and like, I, I just, you know, stuff like how to draw or, you know, interaction of color. It's like, when, like you said, how like, you know, color theory kind of would like break your brain, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. <laughs> because like, because you you could very well just like and I'm sure there are a lot of people who do this who are just like you know, just like there are a lot of people who never learn how to like read music who become very successful uh, musicians. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, like you, you can you can get to where you want to go without learning color theory. Like you can just. Yeah. You know, do it and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know what this thing is called, but like, you can, you know, and you can do it perfectly. You're like, I, I mess with the sliders until it looked good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's great, too. And like, I I wish I could do more of that. And I, I hope to in concert with these things, like do more of that anyway. But sure. I'm just just for my own curiosity. I'm just like, huh? Well, I think that at a bare minimum, reading these books will make you think a little differently. and like maybe tackle some preconceived notions and kind of like help you out a little bit as far as like, you know, even if you don't make a lot of meaningful change, it may like plant some seeds kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That may grow into something useful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just really, yeah. Just, just, just to know it. It's like, I don't know. I just kind of want to, I, I, I just kind of uh, want to know it as an aside. Mike Hawthorne just launched another Kickstarter for um, he does incredible anatomy work in comics. uh, If you're not familiar with his work, he uh, has been doing these um, these books called cheat codes. Mm. And so it's about like him being like, okay, okay, put put all the stuffy anatomy books away. Here's like, you know, rubber hits hits the road like we're figuring out anatomy and here's like some of the ways that I like cheat that kind of thing, like how you can kind of think about it differently. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, That's, Uh, that's really cool. And I, I bought the first volume from him from a Kickstarter a couple of years ago. And, uh, 
it's not a, it's not a thick book it's it's like you know almost a pamphlet and uh it's it's really great help help me out a lot so yeah yeah oh shit you should send me that link i should check those out yeah i'll, I'll even put it in the description down below hell yeah hell yeah Ooh, I'm Jason. Nick. Where can people find you? How do they find you? Why would they find you? Um, um, God, that's a, that's a good question. You know what? <laughs> they can, they can find me and we can talk about it. Uh, I'm at King of Black Acid on Twitter. Also, we're at, uh, World Second Finest on Twitter when, I, I should probably post to World Second Finest on Twitter about how we've been <laughs> having cursed episodes and like, I don't know what the schedule is about this coming out. <laughs> I, I just realized I've been I've been such a flake about posting on on the podcast account. And then that's when all our troubles started. You see, oh man, I, I fucking cursed us. <laughs> that Nick. was the catalyst. I fucking cursed us. Oh, you were the glue holding this the whole operation together. Jason. Man, who knew <laughs> what one, one little Twitter account goes down. It's like that meme with the dominoes, you know, Just... <laughs> you can find me at linktree.com slash Nick Phil, uh, where you can find links to my discord links to my YouTube. Uh, we're actually talking, you brought up, uh, the cost of comics, uh, in the mm-hmm. regular bat books, Ziggy was talking about, uh, and in the, uh, discord about how he bought a bunch of books at various price points. And he was kind of like, here's kind of what I think about like all these different books at all these different price points. He mentioned that he bought w- one outlier, which was a Spider-Man book, a comic book, regular, like floppy 19 pages that he paid. Like, I think five dollars for and he was like this was too much <laughs> yeah he's like they gotta give me full 20 for five dollars yeah at least at least oh so if you want to join in on the conversation over there uh you're more than welcome to all right thanks for listening thank you for listening <laughs>